Oh my god, guys, it's Kat. I totally forgot to post this episode last night, but you get it on Saturday, which is cool, or whatever day you're listening to it on. I'm finna post the episode. Hope you guys enjoy. I do have a lot of word mumble jumble in this one because I was very tired. I'm gonna get better. I'm sorry. But here is episode three. Enjoy. It's Kai. It's Bree. And welcome to Thrills, Kills, Promotion, Chills. Woot, 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 woot. It's an early day for us. It's Wednesday, Oof. actually. But we're still be doing this on a Friday. <laughs> because she's coming to I'm see me, guys. I'm going on vacation. Yes. She's Ooh. coming to see me. Woot, woot. Woot, 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 woot. Today, I wanted to do a case that's not so bad but it's still bad but we have survivors guys this time we do and this this case i chose this case because if anybody who was alive during 2009 i forget forget that 1991 through 2009 y'all know this case you know this case because i was i think eight when they found her and when i tell you that shit was on the news like how michael jackson died they was not Ooh. playing about her. And I know a few people listening like, oh, I know what case she's talking about. Yes, it's, it's that case. Because I remember this case. It was like Casey Anthony. I think this, Casey Anthony and this case was like one of the two top cases that really got me interested in true crime because I was a child when this came out and I still remember the impact and shit. So today I'm not going to lie. I'm being you don't slow. Know? And I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, don't worry, because I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm trying case. to collect my thoughts. No. Okay. Today's case is the kidnapping of J.C. Lee Duggar. You don't remember that? No, the girl I, I, was... I, I had to stay away from the news, so. <laughs> I'll, you know, my, you know, I, you I, know how my parents are. They did not let me watch the news. They was always scared about, I don't know. They just was like, you don't need to watch the news. Girl, please. My grandma didn't play but their true crime in their news. I think that's where I really get it from. Okay. Well, since you don't know about it, I know a lot of true crime people do know about it, but I just want to do this story because it's like... Ugh. And don't bash don't, me, okay? Don't bash me. It's not my I fault. I, was, I, I grew up... Shel- no, not you, but I grew up sheltered, okay? <laughs> I didn't get to do a lot of things when I was growing up and living in my parents' home, okay? So we just gonna leave it at that. Let's do that's why we're here to talk about these cases because the cases like these, I feel like with so many kids and stuff missing right now, I feel like cases like as such as these will like give such much hope. I yeah. sound so pale, but yes, it will give more hope because it's so much negativity out here right now and people losing their hope and everything. There and, ain't no hope. Hold on, give me one second because someone is calling my name. Give me one second. Brinkley, you tell them a fact about yourself. A uh, fact about myself. Uh, let's see. My favorite color is black and blue. Um, I'm 5'3, I think. Yeah, I'm like 5'3 and a couple quarters. Shut your mouth. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking to my boyfriend. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, I'm back. okay, she's back. <laughs> so I feel like the JC we dug would help the case. I, I'm just sounding very slow right now, guys, because it's a fucking Wednesday and it's hump day, and I've been up writing and at work, and it's just like a tired day. So mm-hmm. at the end, I want to vent. I want to vent. I want to. You know what I want to vent about, but we we gonna wait to the end. Wait, man. I sure want to talk about this case. I I do have something else to talk about this case that I did not mention in the story that I really want to touch on, but it's gonna be mentioned throughout the end. Who oh, guys? Are y'all ready for this one? You ready? Okay. Let's get to that. All right. The who's of this story, as you know, is gonna be J.C. Lee Duggard, Philip Garrido. It's a bitch. I'm sorry. Nancy Garrido and Terry Proven. Yes. Okay. Now, <laughs> J.C. Lee Duggar was born May 3rd, 1980 in Arcadia, California to parents Terry Duggar and Ken Sladen. Now, Terry was a single mother because Ken didn't know that she was pregnant. So she just kept it under the wraps and was like, you know, I'm going to be an independent woman and raise my baby. Now, she met Carl Probin and then married him. The two also had a baby girl named Shana in 1990. They were tired of living in Arcadia, so they decided to move to Myers, California. Now, mm-hmm. Myers, California is like a little city that's inside South Lake Tahoe. Like, say, for instance, you know how we live at, out here in Memphis? So, say, for instance, we have, like, different parts of the city that you name so Myers would basically be like how we do Memphis and Frazier Raleigh and everything so Myers was like a little town in South safe South Lake Tahoe yeah how far so, how far away was it like from the where they used to stay do you know I didn't look up the miles but I thought you were going to ask how far away from it was it, at the kidnapper's house and then where they stayed because girl oh Lord child you. I already know I already know <laughs> Lord Jesus, who these people crazy? Okay, now what's so crazy is they decided to move to this um new neighborhood because they thought it would be safer than where they previously stayed, which is kind of ironic given what happens a few months later. Now, when JC was abducted, she was 11 years old and she was in fifth grade. It will happen on June 10th, 1991. It's JC's last week of school. The girl excited because the kids was going to go to a water park for their end of the year full trip. I said full uh, trip, field must trip. Must be nice. Man, what you said? I ain't going to lie. I did have one time, I think it was like in 11th grade, they took us to St. Louis at Six Flags. I'm not going to lie. It was kind of decent. <laughs> My senior year, yeah. I went to uh, Orlando Studios, and it was fun. You know, Florida, it was fun, but it, at at the end, somebody threw water, I mean, a fucking high seat on me oh. in a crowd of people, and I had an anxiety attack, so yeah, I probably Ooh. won't be going back. <laughs> no, that's not funny, but <laughs> God, Jesus, those anxiety attacks just come out of no fucking weird. Oh, Ooh. that drink came out of no fucking way. <laughs> I would have been pissed. I would have been pissed. I was. Now, 
Now, her mom had left for work early, so it would just be her, her sister, and Carl, which is her stepdad. Now, Jason put on her favorite all-pink outfit because, you know, Aww. pink was my girl's favorite color. Yes. And yeah. she started heading to her bus stop. Yes, it's her favorite color. <laughs> now, as she walked up the hill, a car was slowly following behind her and then immediately came to a stop. The man in the car began to ask her for some directions. Then he stopped in mid-sentence, pulled out this motherfucking sticker, and hit this girl with it. <laughs> what the hell? Like, when I say hit her with it, he actually stunned her with it, guys. Like, not right, actually right. hit her with the No, the case, you know. He ain't pissed I'm a with I, he, I ain't gonna lie. I'm kind of slow. I thought he hit her with it. I was about to say, damn. <laughs> but then he I had to pissed with it. With the nah, huh. Now, when he did this, you know, J.C. kind of fell to the ground. This is an 11-year-old girl that we're talking about. So when she fell to the ground, a woman then got out of the car, dragged her inside the car, undressed her, and then she put, like, this blanket on top of her as the man was driving so she wouldn't see where she was going. And when I tell you they pulled off fast, they pulled off fast because behind them was Carl, Jason's stepfather running after the car because he just witnessed everything that just went down. Oh, damn. Yes. Now, he saw the two-tone car. It was with two passengers and he noticed that they made a U-turn and double backed for JC. Now, what made him run to the car is because he heard her screaming and he just began bolting because, mind you, he's in the garage watching this happen. Now, when he noticed he couldn't catch up, this man, dead ass, went back and grabbed the fucking mountain bike, mountain bike, and followed them. And when he noticed that he couldn't catch up to them, he decided to stop at the nearest neighbor's house and call 911. Now, what's really sad, too, is the kids at the bus stop saw this shit as well. Damn. As soon as the bus driver pulled up, like, not even that long after... They were screaming like someone took JC, somebody took JC. And just a few miles away, you know, she she was kind of knocked out in the back. Then she started to wake up to voices, one dude and one female, as you know. And the nigga was 40-year-old, Philip Gregorito. And the woman was mm -hmm, and the woman was 35-year-old, Nancy Bonet. I said Bonegra. I'm sorry. It's Boca Negra (laughs) Garrido. And she's retarded. Girl, Nancy, something else in this story. Because let's get the into women it. are usually crazy. They're usually more crazier than the men, and yeah, then yeah. that that's it's ugh, it irritates and me. What's crazy is it's not even her; it's actually him. Oh, <laughs> but it's it she, I'm not gonna give her no pass because she 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 did her fair share. She did her fucking fair share. Most definitely did, and we'll get into that. Now, Philip Gregorito was born April 5th, 1951 in Pittsburgh, California. His parents are Pat Emmanuel Gregorito. He does have a brother. His name is Ron. And Ron, Ron don't fuck with that nigga. <laughs> and he said, he always said that his brother was capable of doing something. And he always just got weird vibes from him. So him and his brother, yeah, they didn't get along because Ron sniffed that bullshit out. <laughs> he knew that nigga was crazy. Yeah. He knew that nigga was fucked up. Now, he was in a motorcycle accident at 16 and suffered head injuries. And as you know, when a motherfucker suffers head injuries, they become cuckoo loco noco. 
Now, this is when he began to change. My boy was smoking weed, using LSD, and he was doing meth. Not only was he doing these drugs, he was serving them too. So, yeah, this nasty ass nigga was your pussy. (laughs) Now, let's not even forget, I feel like this is what happens when you're on drugs, especially taking more than one heavy dosage of drugs. This man started to say he could talk to God. Oh, no. Like, no. Like actual conversations with God. Now, now, if you're a Christian, trust me, I'm not bashing you. I believe that you guys can pray and, you know, do what you feel. But this man was crazy using God's name in vain. And we're going to get into what he was telling that little girl. But let's get into his history so y'all can understand how fucked up this man is. Now, he wanted to become a famous musician, had an electric bass guitar, and he would p- play like, he would play music. He was actually good. I ain't gonna lie to y'all. He was actually good on the little guitar, but he would play this guitar in the shed that his parents had in like the back of their house. He renovated that motherfucker. He pimped it out, you know. That was his place. He ain't let nobody in there, too. Nobody could come in there. That was like his sanctuary. Only him. And besides playing music in there, he would get high and masturbate to porn magazines. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. you're a typical, typical man. No, 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 no. Let's not even say you're a typical man. It was also said that he would have young girls over and bribe them with drugs just to have his way with them. His father oh. said, and he quotes, he loved to have sex with virgins and considered it as a trophy. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this thing was fucked up. So, after he graduated from Liberty High School in Brentwood, California, he was arrested with possession of marijuana and LSD, but was shortly released after his sentence was served. Now, during this time, he began masturbating in public, watching women in their windows, and exposing himself. Well, yeah, he was a nasty little bitch. Um, I'm sorry, but I can't. What makes y'all comfortable enough to just go naked and just... Who the fuck I mean, is Peter? Well, well, I don't think about it like that because you got to think of like male strippers and female strippers and stuff like that. So I don't think about it like that. I think about it as who goes out in public and just but, no, no, it's shit not the right male there. strippers. And, it's not even just the male strippers in there. I understand that's your career, but it's the fact that he does this at high schools and shit. Like walk up on some girls and just ha. Ah. It's the fact that why 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 was he why was he locked up? Oh, we finna get into that. We finna get into that. This <laughs> in nineteen seventy-two, he raped an unnamed fourteen-year-old girl after giving her barbiturates. He had raped her repeatedly in a hotel. I said a hotel. No, it was actually a motel in Antioch, California. Now, what happened is the charges were dropped because the girl declined to testify and. The reason why she declined to testify is his attorney threatened her by saying, I will make you look like a slip if you go if you go to trial. I was gonna say if you show up to this trial, but boy, this people like people have that back in the day pissed me off. Show like I know you're scared and I get it. I know. But like you no. rather you'd rather sit there and have somebody like walk freely than to tell people how he really is and you know you're so worried up. you're so worried about what they're gonna make you look like or whatever but you could be te- you're telling the truth you're not lying 
So it's not like all of this is for nothing. You you are trying to get your justice. This is a fourteen, and you selling her, you're gonna make her look like a slut. What the fuck? People who are scared <laughs> of jail but do shit like that are cowards. They really mm-hmm. like, ugh, they make my skin crawl. If you do the crime, do the motherfucking time. Period. Now, in 1973, he moved to South Lake Tahoe, the town where Myers resides in, and marries his high school classmate who we'll call Cece. Now, he was very violent towards Cece. He wanted to have multiple sex partners, and my girl said, hell the fuck no, she ain't with that shit. Hell no. <laughs> hell no. 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 <laughs> <laughs> now, he would threaten her if she thought about leaving him, telling her he would find her. If so, he even tried to kidnap her before when she attempted to leave his ass. Now, in 1974, <laughs> he was in a band where bandmates claimed he was always high and would have conversations with God. Now, young girls over to watch them rehearse on some Scott Pilgrim shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny, but it's like, when you say some shit like that, it automatically makes me think of Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. <laughs> Do you have the vid? No, I'm doing some things that I can't speak of right now. Oh, but oh, the, the vid. <laughs> Mm. So, <laughs> I really thought this was some Scott Pilgrim shit. That's the exact, exact movie I thought of because if you remember, Scott Pilgrim had like a little underage girlfriend in there, and that she would uh, come up there and watch his band play. Ugh. Right now, the band kicked him out shortly after he discussed about having a fantasy that he would kidnap a very young girl and make her his sex slave to please his unlimited sexual flavors. I said flavors, but favors. <laughs> like the pervert. I just feel like that's some shit he would say because if you see this man, he looks disgusting. It's mm. like, he got a, a nasty, I don't know if it's a mole. I'm about to look him up. Blackheads. Look him up, look him up, look him up, look him up. Philip what? It's like Philip Greg Garrido. It's, it looks like he literally have like blackheads on his nose. And I don't know if they, there's moles or something, but it looks like you just want to pop them. Like, what the fuck? Ew. You see? Right? Like somebody grandpa. <laughs> right. <laughs> he is somebody grandpa, probably. Now, yeah. him and Cece moved to Reno, Nevada in 1976. He rented out a warehouse saying that it was for a rehearsal place. But we all know he had some evil, disgusting plans. He then made the warehouse soundproof and made like a little small maze into this tiny room. The room had a dirty mattress and a blanket and it was next to this table and the table had all types of weird ass shit that we gonna tell y'all that was on it. He had dildos, handcuffs, Vaseline, scissors, and some wine bottles. Four magazines were piled up on the floor it was like a little stage light on the ceiling and he would have like a little movie projector on the wall. Like, torture in the date all in one, which is so fucking weird. It gives me hostile vibes. So, now, on November 21st, 1976, this nigga traveled all the way to back to South Lake Tahoe and kidnapped 25-year-old Catherine Calloway by offering her a ride home afterwards. 
As she got in the car, this man handcuffed her, threw her in his back seat, and covered her face like he did JC, basically. He then took her back to this warehouse in Reno, Nevada, which is in a whole nother fucking state, where he continued to rape her for five and a half hours. Mm. He only got caught because an officer was suspicious of the car being parked outside the warehouse and the warehouse door was cracked a little bit open. So he decided to check it out. This nigga came to the door and gonna tell the officer, it's just me and my girlfriend messing around. And out of nowhere, Catherine just like literally runs out the back screaming for help like this nigga raping me. He's been doing this for like five and a half hours, probably traumatized. And this nigga has audacity to say, This is my girlfriend. We're fooling around. Like, the police are stupid. So they and no caps. No caps. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off. But like, when I was looking you at, we're going to post these pictures. But like, when I was looking at the pictures of him, he has crazy eyes. Like, I. Yes. He has, he, like, even in the young pictures. Like, looking at him, it just, like, I don't know if I were to see him in public. He's, the, you know how like when older white women or men like see black people in public yeah. and like you know they just kind of like clutch, clutch their bags or like they back. You that's me. That's me seeing him. I'm like, oh, oh no, because <laughs> like one thing I don't get is when they be like, oh my god, Ted Bundy was so sexy. Ted Bundy had dead fucking eyes. Ted Bundy looked like he'd chop your ass up on a Saturday afternoon. Like he give me. I'm crazy, but I can play it out vibes. I'm sorry, even if I just don't think I get in the car with a nigga with a punch buggy. What you got this punch buggy for? You trying to? Dahmer had dead eyes. His like Jeffrey Dahmer was. I want to. I think I kind of want to do Jeffrey Dahmer. Sorry that we're getting very fucking off track, but this is what this is what it's about. But I'm thinking about doing Jeffrey Dahmer because what people don't really know about Jeffrey Dahmer that most of his victims were black. <laughs> what? You didn't know that? No. I yes. Didn't. <laughs> she didn't know it. I'm gonna... And I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, that, like, when I started listening to the podcast, that's something that I didn't know. That out of 17 victims, two of his victims were white. Majority were black. And he did mess with other, like, type of races. We're going to have to get into that. Because what I, what I do feel about Jeffrey Dahmer is that it... The way that he would preserve the bodies and stuff, it gave me like, what's that called? You know how they used to do it back in slavery days and they used to sell our bodies and eat us and shit? It gives me like, yes, girl, we're going to get into his shit. It gives me like he was obsessed with the whole ideology, not just of science, but of how slave owners were back in the day. But we're going to get into that another episode because... Now that you know about that, I'm gonna have to do Jeffrey Dahmer. Jeffrey, oh Jeffrey, you're so nasty. <laughs> you're so nasty, Jeffrey. <laughs> now he was arrested and convicted of crimes in federal and state court. Cece took this chance and divorced that nigga. So snaps up for Cece. Bye. Snaps up. <laughs> snaps up for Cece. Cece, Cece Apple's bitch. 
She's smart. She's smart. I'm doing that. So, in his 1976 psych evaluation, he was diagnosed a sexual deviant and chronic drug abuser. It was recommended that because of his chronic drug use, he could be responsible in part for his um mixed. Oh, I sounded stupid when I said that. This is the drugs being, you know, responsible. Basically, every time a white person do a crime, they want to blame it on the drugs. No, no shame. You know, I ain't gonna be rude. No, I fuck with you white people, some of y'all. But if this was a black man, y'all would have just arrested that nigga for life. So let's get if, if not <laughs> life, he would have been on death motherfucking row. Most definitely. Like, so he also showed considerable evidence of anxiety, depression, and personality disorder. In court, he also testified about masturbating to elementary and high school girls. Now, this is the part that got me chipping. He was convicted March 9th, 1977 and began his 50-year federal sentence in June on June 30th, 1977. 50? At the, yes, 50 years. Fuck, 50 fucking years. And, oh, guys. Guys. What's so crazy is we'll get into that. But just this, I can't because I feel like I'm gonna skip so ahead of this story. He was sentenced 50 years, but wait till you guys figure out how much time he actually served. Okay, now his <laughs> cellmate then introduced him to his 25 year old niece, Nancy Bocanegra. Now, Nancy was a shy girl and she was a Jehovah's Witness. So, that's so making- shocking. <clears throat> it's always shocking that these women start out so holy but still so mm, let mm. somebody like that you. corrupt their mind I'm, I'm questioning you <laughs> now he'd won her over with his biblical talk and the two got married in prison on October 5th 1981 <laughs> at this time Nancy lived in Denver as a nurse aide these people be so caring they have the most caring jobs and be so religious but turn around and do shits like this okay but moved closer to her husband in 1984 this nigga's still in prison y'all okay now on june i said june on january 22nd 1988 he was transferred from leavenworth to nevada state prison where he only did seven months of his five-to-life sentence. He was transferred too? to federal parole authorities in Contra Costa County what on August fuck? 19th. I said August 19th. August 26th, 1988. Yes. They what gave the this man parole. Seven <laughs> fucking months? Oh, no, no. That's seven months at a whole new jail. He did years before that, but let's get into how many... I'm going to tell you how many years he did because this is going to come up. Before his parole started, they told Philip he must stay in California and live with his mom who had dementia, keep a job, mandatory drug tests, house searches, must attend his sessions, and absolutely no fucking contact with kids. Not only did he want to break one of these rules, he broke multiple. Now, no one told Catherine. No one told Catherine this man was released. Now... She found out because this nigga was so bold, he showed up at her casino job. This what dick the- approaches her and says, you know, Katie, 
this is my first drink in 11 years. Referring to the 11 years he spent out of his 50-year fucking sentence. This nigga spent 11 years in prison after his 50-year sentence for I'm kidnapping leaving. a woman. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm leaving. For kidnapping a 25-year-old woman and probably torturing her besides just raping her for five and a fucking half hours in a whole different warehouse that's in a different state from where she lives. And he served 11 years out of fucking 50. What is America? Alcohol. Blame it on the alcohol. What is America? What is America? Now, he begins to walk out of her work and this is what this nigga turn around and tells her. I'll see you again, Katie. <laughs> now as he leaves she rushes to call this nigga P.O. like what the fuck y'all doing why this nigga out and y'all ain't say shit now the P.O. tells her he's a sick puppy who's bound to reoffend, just not you basically Stop you lying. let this sick motherfucker out <laughs> knowing that he was going to reoffend again but just not the same person wow this crack now December 16, 1988, he moves to 1554 Walnut Street in Antioch, California. And if I'm saying it wrong, oh well. With his mom <laughs> and Nancy. Correct me later. Now, he built an 8 feet high fence and a loft. Uh, I said a loft. I'm slow. A 10 feet by 10 feet shed. Oh, Jesus. Not a loft, Kyra. He made it soundproof and ran cables from it to the house for power. Now, he then separated his backyard in two sections. He installed security bars to stop people from breaking in and from breaking out. He built all of this for June 10th, 1991, when he kidnapped his victim, J.C. Lee Duggard. And now, we are going back to the kidnapping. Now, like I said, JC woke up to the two talking, and when she noticed she was in the car with Philip, who offered her a drink and joked that she didn't have to worry about the fucking germs because he had gave her a different straw. Like, the fuck? I'm not worried about you giving me an extra straw with my drink. Why the fuck did you kidnap me? Now, as she drank the drink, he laughed and said, I can't believe I've gotten away with it. <laughs> not for long. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it, it was a long time, but oh, damn. Never mind. it was. Oh, yeah. Now, back at home, Carl and Terry were panicking, making phone calls. Now, the initial suspects were Carl and Ken, which is JC's dad that we mentioned in the beginning of the story. But Ken had no idea he had a child and he was cleared. Carl had to take several polygraphs and he passed them, so he was cleared as well. Whew. Now, JC's kidnapping became national coverage the same fucking day she went missing. Like, nobody played about this girl case, like, because they saw it happening and it was just, it was nationwide, which is, which is crazy to me because not a lot of cases get nationwide the same fucking day. Now, many volunteers, I said many, the many volunteers help with help search. This would become like a weekly thing. They would get out and go look for her with police. And this would be people from different states, too, just coming out to help. Now, pink ribbons were placed everywhere in the town to promote her disappearance and bring awareness because Terry had found a... Oh, that sounded slow. I'm sorry, y'all. We have a slow moment. But, you know, pink was her like, favorite color, like I said in the beginning. And 
they put the ribbons on doors, like school. It was in schools, facilities, different. It was, you know, the town promoting her. Yeah, it was everywhere. And I think that's very sweet to remember her because not a lot of towns do shit like this, I see. Now, Terry founded a certain group named JC's Hope. They had t-shirts, sweatshirts, and buttons were sold to raise money to spread the word. Now, the case had also touched America's Most Wanted on June 14th, 1991. And for a lot of you who don't know what the fuck America's Most Wanted is, it's that show with my guy. I be forgetting his name. But every week... Or I think it's every night. I don't remember. I remember every week when I was a little girl, I would watch it and they would be talking about who would be missing or wanted suspects during the crime. So when her case went public, they were trying to get information, releasing like what she looked like, what the killers looked. I said the killers, the stereo, the suspects looked like. <laughs> Jesus, I have a lot of word mumbo jumbo, guys. I need to slow down, maybe. I will get used to this, but the suspects, they, now, the drawing that they got was from Carl, because he really ended up getting a good look at these people. It, it's just crazy that it took 18 fucking years. 18 years. Mm. Yes. So, who the search group ended up raising a lot of money, but still, it didn't you know bring her home like that fast but many events vigils and child safety programs were produced kids even stopped hanging outside because they were scared that they was gonna get kidnapped too and mama was not playing with that ass so 150 miles from Myers JP will be held captive for the next 18 years upon her first day Philip forced her out of the car with a blanket of her head. He forced her in the house where she sat on the couch for a while until he took her blanket off the head. Now, JC began trying to memorize the house to see what she would have to tell the police for when she got captured and everything, I mean, released from her capture. And when I tell you, JC got good ass fucking memory, and it's sad that she had to use her memory for that. That girl, smart. Well, that woman is smart. Well, he showed her the stun gun and threatened that if she tried to run, he would use it on her again. He then took her to the bathroom, undressed the both of them, where he proceeded to tell her to touch it. Yeah. Cringe. And it's just like, he still looked the same when he's younger. It's like, he looks like one of those weird... Ew, no. <laughs> now... She disgustingly touched it and he then held her and told her that he wouldn't do anything else to her that day. <laughs> Mind you that they're still both naked as he as he holds her. Like <laughs> JC is and you're and let's get this straight. She's eleven and this man is thirty fucking five. And <clears throat> Who he then forced her out of the bathroom naked back to the living room. JC asked if she could get back dressed. He laughed and told her no before throwing the blanket right back on her head. He then forced JC to the shed that he built that we mentioned earlier. He then, um, oh wait, as they were walking, JC was counting the distance of steps it took from her to get from the house to the shed. And she was also when trying to listen to the background. 
to notice what she heard. She heard tra- she I said she heard she heard trains as she was walking on the floor. She was feeling a rough surface. Like my girl was paying attention mm. and using her senses to you the advantage. Now, she wanted to uh, remember all these details, like I said, for when she was found. Now, when she walked into this nasty-ass shed, she seen a pallet of blankets on the fucking floor for her. He then Mm -hmm. handcuffed her and told her that he couldn't trust her yet before um, leaving her locked up in that shed. (sighs) JC then cried herself to sleep that night. Damn. Now, during her first week, she was kept in handcuffs. He would feed her fast food and keep her company. After that week, he began to rape her. She was mm. handcuffed. And mind you, she was handcuffed still. So she couldn't really defense herself. Oh my God. That's so now, this became a weekly thing one to three times for the first three years. Yeah. Now, throughout the years, he would like slow down. <laughs> but still, like, it don't matter he would try to tell her that she would like it one day and it's like, what the fuck make you go, like, come on now. I ain't gonna like this shit. You're disgusting. I'm 11. I'm supposed to be like in Barbies. Now, he gave her a TV, but she couldn't watch the news. He told her that she was helping with his sex addiction, so he wouldn't do it to anyone else. One night, he woke JC up with a flashlight in her face and threw the blanket right back over her head. He had moved her into a bigger shed that was 10 steps away from the previous one. She counted them hoes. Like I said, smart-ass girl. After he handcuffed her, he told her, the demon angels told me to take you and help you uh, help me with my sexual problems. And we're going to blame society for that. Oh. He said because society ignored him. Oh, Jesus. This, this story is just crazy. Oh, uh-uh. Now, now he will have these runs, aka be high off fucking meth, and make JC dress up and put on makeup just to rape her. Now he will also spend time with her cutting out papers from porn magazines. He will either have conversations with God, crying and apologizing for what he's done, or threaten her by telling her he will sell her to people that put her in a cage or his dog would engage in the sexual activities with them. Damn. Now, so Ooh. many people will blame Carl for JC disappearing, especially Terry. But I just feel like Terry was so depressed and strained that her daughter was missing and nobody knew where fuck she was. Now, this put a strain on their relationship, leading them to separate in 1995. Many had doubts that JC was still alive, but her family never stopped believing and only promoted awareness. Now, Terry even found comfort in there being a woman as a suspect, thinking that the woman might be more easier on her daughter. Now, that's a lie. I ain't gonna lie. I'm not gonna say that Nancy was right, because she wasn't. She was still wrong. She's equally as wrong as Philip. But Nancy was actually kind of nicer somewhat to her. Now, Philip introduced Nancy and JC because he wanted Nancy to stop being jealous of her and become friends. Now, she was jealous of JC because JC had all her <clears throat> attention and time. Like, your man is not a pervert. Right. <laughs> but we shall carry on. Nancy hated sex. 
And she only agreed because he told her it would help her too, which is a selfish reason. But okay. She I began just, I don't I don't understand how he married somebody <laughs> but still wanna have sex with children. Like it it doesn't I, I, I just can't I think he, he knew what he was doing because Nancy wasn't like really didn't like sex like that anyway. So he easily manipulated her and her dumbass fell for it to have sex with younger girls and it's like, man, maybe if he I let him do what he wanna do, then he could stop pressuring me, which is never okay. Like, just leave the man. So he would get in trouble for all this. Now she began to warm up to JC and she would bring gifts to her. She gave her a Nintendo, some Barbies, chocolate milk, and some stuffed animals. Now, she would sometimes cry and apologize, but she was just as guilty. Now, on their spare time, her and Philip would record videos of him practicing on his guitar, but they were really recording the little girls in the park. And I'm going to put a link of that in the description because I actually saw the video. Like, he would be telling her how to zoom in and zoom out, and he'll start playing his music and. It's just like they start looking at the little girls on swings, getting off, uh, bending over and stuff. And I'm glad that the people who got a hold of the video blurred the children out so the faces won't be revealed. But what the fuck turns you on about a little girl? Hey, I don't get that. Like you're, they're children. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like That's literally, the thing. they're untouched. They haven't been. They haven't been corrupted, as they would say. They're but precious. They're innocent. What the fuck so that makes you want, It's their responsibility them. to take that from them. No. Which makes them psycho. You need to be. You need to be punished. You need your ass whooped. Yeah. You need all of it. You need the bullet. Oh, Jesus. He claimed he had him. He was having conversations with no, his dad. He wasn't. No, he <laughs> wasn't. Shut up. Don't you tell him that. He's going to be very upset. Uh, <laughs> okay. No. Sometimes he would want Nancy to join in, but Nancy was like, nigga, I don't like sex, so no. Now, March 18th, 1993, Philip was arrested for breaking parole, um, not reporting to his PO, failed drug tests and wasn't attending his sessions. He had to stay in prison for a month, and at this time, Nancy was the sole captor. Not once did she attempt to free JC, but lied and said he was on a vacation. So if you were really sorry for what the fuck you did, that whole month that you had to get rid of her and let her go back to the fuck home, you didn't. Mm-hmm. You didn't. You suck. And you eat ass. <laughs> quick side note quick side note did you guys know if you eat booty you'll get you'll get heart cancer (laughs) because the fecal matter will will go um will stay like get on your tongue get in your gums and it'll float into your bloodstream and you know how your blood Uh goes to your heart yeah it's gonna start clogging your heart and it gives you heart cancer you know poop in your heart if you eat booty you know what then for the rest of Philip and Nancy's sentence, they should eat ass on the day. Anywho. <laughs> <laughs> my laugh is ugly as fuck. Oh my Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
<laughs> I'm sorry, guys. Now, they had given her a journal and some pet kittens that would mysteriously all the time disappear. In this journal, she would write about them or while saying her real name. Now, Nancy ripped the paper out, refusing to let JC use her real name because why the fuck you leaving profiles? I said profiles. Why the fuck you leaving tracks? Come on now. This is not Hansel and Gretel. Now, Nancy, oh, I already said that. I'm over here reading the wrong part, guys. I'm about fucking <laughs> On April 3rd, 1994, Easter Sunday, they fed her a real meal for the first fucking time and found out JC was pregnant. She was now 13 years old and had oh. to. Yeah. And they would not take her to a fucking hospital. So she had to watch videos and movies preparing for childbirth. At this time, her mother was paying PIs, which is private investigators, sending um out teenage sketches of JC. And on August 18th, 1994, JC gave first. I said first. JC gave birth to her first beautiful baby girl named Angel Duggar at 14 years Ooh. old. Now, mm. yeah. He convinced Nancy to keep the baby because she couldn't conceive herself. After the birth, he would rape JC less, only while on drugs. Now, his last time he would rape JC, she got pregnant. Angel was now three. He would tell JC um, that he knew he was having another girl because God wanted him to have another. Damn. Yeah. And then at this time, he had picked up Angel and was holding her up to the sky and looking up saying, God, please never let me hurt her. What? He, yes. Yes. He adjusted the shed by building it bigger and adding in some bug beds. She, um, so she could finally, you know, Uh okay. Uh and brief intermission. Hey guys, what's up? So um did you also know that I don't have any more facts. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um sorry guys. A motherfucker okay. has some technical fucking difficulties because it's raining out here. What the? I was so mad. I was like, "What the fuck?" I was just explaining some shit, and it just went off. So, if you're listening and it cuts off, hey, and <laughs> what's up? We're we're just gonna go and go back to what we was just reading. Okay, where the fuck was I yet? Cause oh my Jesus, okay. Uh, last thing I remember, you was talking. You said he. Built oh yeah, the okay. Bed. He was building. He had built the shed bigger because JC was pregnant again, and he was like, you know, I'm gonna give her a bunk bed and a bigger room to just sit and be miserable more in, basically. So, and for the first time in five fucking years, my bitch could come outside in the backyard, not to call boot. Not being disrespectful, cause you know I'm sorry if it sounds. Of course not. But I'm just happy because think about that. You will be very, you know, depressed if you're you can't do nothing in your life and all that. Like, come on now. Can't even go outside. 
this will be her first time seeing the sun in fucking five years. Imagine how pale she'd be. Oh, yeah. That's going to come up later. Like, I'm glad you just brought that up. Yes. Look at you going ahead. Now, on November 13th, 1997, her second daughter, Starlet Duggard, was born. JC was now 17 years old. So, she would teach her babies herself and take care of them. They would start watching Sesame Street, Barney, you know what was on in the 90s. That was the shit. I love me so fucking Barney. Now, she worked on protecting her babies from him. You hated Barney? Yeah, I didn't really like Barney. How dare I you? Sesame Street, though. Emma was my good. Emma was my dude. Emma, the, Emma a G. I don't care what y'all say. Emma was a nigga. You want to say like balsamic vinegar? Balsamic <laughs> 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 vinegar? Now, she would cope by planting flowers and educating her children. Philip could tell that JC was getting too close to her kids, and the kids were growing up now. So now he would tell her to change her name so the babies would figure out who she was. And he also told her to lie and say that she was their older sister and Nancy was the mother. Mm -mm. Oh, she did it. Now, she chose the name Melissa because her favorite actress happened to be Alyssa Milano. And for you who don't know, for y'all kids who don't know who the fuck Alyssa Milano is, y'all young. Okay? (laughs) Alyssa Milano is that bitch. My favorite show will always be Charmed. Okay? Period. She sounds familiar. <laughs> I gotta look at her face. Um, You ever seen Insatiable? No. You ever seen Charmed? I've seen, like, pictures. How dare you? Oh, my Jesus. Now, <laughs> after this, JC and her kids were allowed to be in public. Now, at this time, back in May years... JC's class were graduate was graduating. They posted her picture in the yearbook with this sweetest little caption. It said, "Even though you may not be walking down the graduation aisle with us, you'll always be walking with us in our hearts." Oh, that was so sweet. Oh, don't make me cry. That was so sweet. Oh my god. The now, fact that Philip, they like even did that, like that is so amazing. It's like. Oh my god, that hurt my that, that hurt my little heart. And this is like 1998, so JC had been like missing for seven years at that point. You know, because usually motherfuckers forget who be in their class and, and just that they on. be losing folks. And people fail to realize that teenagers growing up, we lose a lot of people that we have to put in your books and memories. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad. But at this time, Philip had started a print shop where JC was the graphic artist. Now, Ben, De- I see, I think his name is Dog Jerk. I don't want to get it wrong. I'm going to just call him Ben D. Now, Ben D was a regular and he described JC as an excellent worker. Though she had, man, now, though she had like access to the phone and the business email, she never attempted to escape or gave away her identity. Now, we finna get to this part. Now we almost there to where she gets saved, y'all. We almost there because ooh, so Philip just so nasty. Now Philip had a blog promoting what he called God's Desires Church. On the blog, he would claim like he could control sound with his mind. Okay. <laughs> 
He will also ask people to sign testimonials to confirm that they have seen him with a device made for them to witness it. Now, before we get to the rescue, I'm going to tell y'all a number of missed opportunities that they had to rescue Jason. Number one, where the police failed it. Y'all failed to connect that 15 years prior to Jason's kidnapping, that Philip kidnapped and raped Catherine Hall. The pre the woman that we talked about. Did she about say earlier. anything? Do you think she suggested or suspected that it was him? I feel like she totally suspected something was him because she does speak in an interview about it. And come on now. It's it's just very obvious. Because she even said that the PO told her he was, ba- um, you know, very high to reoffend. So they just failed their job at this point. Boo, police. Doing better. Ooh, tomato, 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 tomato. <laughs> Do better, guys. Do better. Now, the second time they failed to do something. April 22nd, 1992. A man had called the sheriff's department from a gas station that was just down the street from Phil's house. He had seen JC and noticed her from the missing kids poster. He described the video, I said the video, video, the vehicle as some yellow van that was possibly a Dodge. This was the same fucking van that they found on his property in 2009. But when the police had came up there, JC had already left the scene with the van. Now, June 2002, the fire department was called to the home to report an injury of a juvenile that was hurt in a pool at their home. You know, the Philip and Nancy house. Now, Ooh. when the police arrived, it was no sign of any of this. Like, no pool, no children. Where the fuck did they just go? Come on, now. This was your point to check in because no kids should have been over there anyway. Right. Now, in 2006, a neighbor complained about Philip being psychotic and a sexual addict. Now, this is the time I feel like they should have really checked them in the um house because if the neighbor's telling you he sees this and this is 2006 come on now he not supposed to be around children and you get this shit and you get that information once you look up his name in the um was it in the system as a police officer now they had told the police he kept a woman and two children in the backyard sleeping in tents a deputy came and spoke with philip for 30 minutes in the um front yard he explained, Philip, that if he had any people sleeping in any tents outside, it was a violation code, and he just left. What the hell? Oh, my God. <laughs> he ain't checked shit. That man just left. That man just said, I'm out. Now, but August 26, 2009, will finally change Jason's life forever. Okay. It all started on August 24, 2009. Philip visited the San Francisco office of the FBI and left a four-page essay with his ideals on religion, sexuality, and that he found a solution to problems um, like his old crimes. Now, he claimed that he cured himself and could use his experience to cure other sexual predators by controlling human impulses that drive humans to commit dysfunctional acts. Now, the same day, him and his daughters came into the University of California police office, and he wanted to have a ceremony on the campus to promote his God's Desire program. Now, as he spoke with the special events manager, which is Lisa Campbell, 
who is the savior of this story because she saved that girl. Thank you, Lisa Campbell. We wouldn't have done it without you. What, 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 what? What? She said she had noticed that the girls were very erratic and sullen and submissive. Now, she was so worried that she asked him to come back tomorrow and took his name down so that Officer Jacobs could run a background check on him. Now, once his background check came back that he was a registered sex offender and on federal parole for kidnapping and rape, him and the girls were told to come back at 2 o'clock the next day. Now, when they came back to their appointment, Officer Jacob was there, and he noticed that the kids were very fucking pale, and they had unusual behavior. Now, because of this, the officer decided to call his PO. Now, when they, now the two parole officers, right, they started to head to Phillip's house and arrested him. They searched the house, and they found Nancy and his mom. Now, the parole agents took him in, and they kept looking. Um, they kept trying to, you know, see the two girls and they were wondering if these are his relatives, are these his kids, what the fuck, who, who kids these is. Because mind you, nobody knows these girls exist but everyone in that house. Right. So, he kept trying to tell the police that the girls were not his, but like they were relatives of his and the parents allowed them to go with him. Now, this didn't matter because he was still banned from being around children. After right. looking at his file, they told him he must report tomorrow back to the um, explain what happened at his visit of University of California, which is UC Berkeley. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> on August 26, 2009, he, he introduced everyone, Nancy, Angel, Starlet, and Alyssa to his parole officer. Now, something was off, so he separated him from the girls. Now, Alyssa told the police that the girls were hers, and she didn't mind them being around him because he was a changed man, a great person, and he was good with her kids. Now, when asked for more, she became extremely defensive and agitated, asking why she being questioned. She had said that she was um, a battered woman, on the run from her husband and they were like but you just literally told us something else like your stories aren't acting up so i said acting adding up so the investigators became agitated and threatened to take her kids from her now this ain't do shit but made Alyssa more fucking angry so she turning up to a t she having anxiety attacks like she's really panicking and crying because she thought she was kid, uh, her kids were gonna be taken from her, which I would too. Because mind you, these are the only things that she had that gave her life for these past few years. Now, the investigators were losing hope until an officer walked in. This man ran in and was like, "He just admitted to kidnapping and raping her, and we just need a name and age that she was abducted." Now. The other officer that was questioning her goes in. They were like, he admitted to doing this. We just need you to talk. What's your name? What's, what What age were you abducted at? Now, Alyssa had told them that she was 11 when she was abducted and now that she's 29 years old. But she couldn't say her name because it had been 18 years since she said it. So Damn. they were like, okay, what can you do? Like, Can you can you?" write it down or something so she was like yeah I can write it down on a piece of paper 
She then wrote down on a piece of paper, J.C. Lee Duggar, May 30th, 1980, Terry Tobin. She then told the police officers, I want to see my mom. They took her and her daughters to Concord Police Station as she cried tears of joy. J.C. had finally been found after 18 years, 2 months, and 16 days. A long fucking time. Mm-hmm. Now, both of them, I don't want to talk about them because they're bitches. And let's just wrap up their story. Both of the Garritos were arrested and pleaded guilty to kidnapping and, by, and rape by force. Philip was sentenced to 431 years to life. To, and Nancy was sentenced to 31 years to life. He's at California State Prison in Cochrane. And she's at California, I mean Central California's women facility in Chowchilla. Yes, that's <laughs> <laughs> Chowchilla. Now both are eligible for parole in fucking August 2034, which oh I say God. don't you give them that fucking parole. They're old though. He's 70. So he might not make it. Not dust. Um the police tried to reach Terry, but her sister Shayna answered. Now, Shayna was just coming from... Oh, I just I just jumped right back. Let me tell y'all. You know Terry's the mom. Shayna is JC's sister who was one year old when she first went missing. This girl is like 19 years old now at this time. Oh, my God. So, when the police tried to call and reach Terry, Shayna had answered the phone. Now, I'm going to tell a story from Shayna's point of view. Because she explained it on the TikTok and I thought it was very fucking funny. Now, Shayna was just coming home from the beach. She had a sunburn with mustard all over her fucking body and she just had to take a cold shower. Now, I think this is like she put the mustard on before the shower and it wasn't working so she took the cold shower off afterwards. Now, the phone kept fucking ringing and she was like, who the fuck calling? You know, like, why are you calling back to back? Now she's running out of the shower. She's dripping wet, butt fucking naked, <laughs> and answers the phone. She says it, it was El Dorado police. According to the TikTok, they were looking for her mother and needed to get a hold of her as soon as possible. Oh, and by the way, we found your sister. <laughs> she's sitting right here next to us. Oh now, my, that's what? Fuck that. Her reply to me was the funniest fucking thing ever. She's like, you're fucking lying. <laughs> My sister had been missing, um, kidnapped 18 years ago with no trace. This until JC starts talking on the phone. They start to embrace, you know, because she couldn't believe that this was actually her baby fucking sister on the phone. This girl was right. missing. So for her to be like, you're fucking lying. <laughs> you're fucking lying. Like, I would think, why are people playing with me on my phone? Don't play with me like that. No, for real. I'd be like, bro, like, I would literally call the police on you, but we are the police. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, now, when they called her mother, Terry got angry as fuck because she was believing that this was a joke. She started to tell them, this isn't funny until JC said, hey, mommy, you have grandkids. Oh, so fucking sweet. Like, Terry started fucking bawling and she started to scream, my daughter has been found. JC had reunited with her family on August 27, 2009. JC told her kids the truth about everything. 
though they had started to put the pieces together because it was like, you know, something right here. <laughs> Man said, what the fuck you got going on, Dad? Why we can't do this and that? Now, Carl was happy to see JC, though she always thought he disliked her. Like, girl, it's like it'd be like that when your mama get a boyfriend or a new person. And so their relationship back then wasn't really as great. Mm-hmm. But I keep forgetting that her her face was covered up that she couldn't see that he was. Let me tell you something, baby. Carl, Carl chased down for your ass. Carl mm-hmm. did the dash for you, nigga. He was trying. He and when pushed. We saying when he noticed he had his keys, that man said, "To the fucking bike, to the bike, to the bike." <laughs> <laughs> now, this slowly started to have a great bond. They slowly started to have a great bond, and I ain't gonna lie, Carl was mad. He was stepping. Like Carl got pictures of her when he did his interview, and he was like, "It shouldn't have took the police that long to find her." And I agree. I fucking agree. I the fuck agree. Now, many of the family members said that the girls she had were intelligent. JC got to then keep the pets that um from Philip and Nancy's house. So she got they everything. Had pets? Yeah, they had cats and dogs, a Doberman and all that. So she got to keep the pets from now. On July 20, I said July 20, no, July 12, 2011, a memoir for her named A Stolen Life, a memoir was published. She had also began an animal therapy with horses and her mother and sister was also helping her out. September 22, 2011, she filed a lawsuit against the U.S. Direct Court for the Northern District of California, accusing the U.S. of failing to monitor Phil when he was on parole, which she totally deserves. The girls refused to see their father, though JC wouldn't forbid them to. She told the people that she wouldn't um she wants them to make their own choice in life and that if that's something that's something that they need to do. She wouldn't be okay with it, but who is she to tell them that they can't go see their father? Right. Because she feels like as long as he behind bars, um, we straight. We straight. As long as he can't physically t- oh, touch my kids. Yeah. But her kids, you know, I think they just got so much respect more for their mother and love her more. To not put her through that. Yeah. Now, the girls do prefer a private life, and JC supports that. So, you won't get as many pictures of them. But I only say the names in this one because JC explained to herself that she that though Philip chose the name for the first daughter, which is Angel, that she really loved that name because it represented something good. So I think the names that she had for her daughters are very strong and powerful for her in that moment. So that's why I chose to name them in this episode. But the girls do prefer per private. I said private life. Oh Jesus, a private life. <laughs> that's not funny. I'm sorry. That's not funny. But um, I would rather you guys not to look them up and just let them be them because they've already had enough hell. Thank you. Appreciate it. So, that. quick question. Yes. Did she go back to JC or is she still Allison? JC. She's JC. Okay. JC. It is Alyssa. Alyssa. Oh, shoot. Sorry. I'm now, so sorry. Alyssa. 
JC is on Instagram and you can follow her. The link will be in the show notes. She received a $20 million settlement from the state of California. She now operates the JC Foundation that she decided to found because why not? Let's support her. Now, the JC is spelled J-A-Y-C. It means just say, I mean, just ask yourself to care. It's an organization to help others in significant life crises. You're going to find that in our show notes as well. JC returned home. She flourished. And she inspired many others to have hope. And that is the story of the kidnapping of JC Lee Duggard. The kidnapping and the surviving. The survivor. Let's not get sued by Beyonce. Let me not sing that. Because um, I don't have that money. So get sued by Beyonce. Now, one thing I didn't mention in the story and that kind of pissed me off was the whole Stockholm syndrome that they try to say that she had. And for those who don't know what the Stockholm syndrome is, basically like when someone gets kidnapped and they start to you know fall for their kidnapper and respect them and love them and see them as not doing nothing wrong but if you ask me JC was just doing what she had to do to survive period so for y'all to say for Diane Sawyer to go live with her and try to say this and that my thing is Nobody can speak on a situation until they're in it. Like, you don't know what that girl had to do to survive. You don't know what she went through. So for y'all to automatically label it the Stockholm Syndrome, that's not it. Because as soon as she got free, she I'm not going to say that she didn't visit. She visited Nancy a few times, but she stopped. My thing is, of course, someone is going to have that attachment a little bit to their captors. I mean, she was held under their supervision for 18 years. I'm not even going to say not going to even say supervision, but she was held in their hands for 18 years. At some point, some type of feeling is going to adapt it there. Regardless of not... And that's something you can't help. Regardless of not, that was her family for a little minute. Though she did not recall them as family and they're not her family, during... It it had to bring her comfort in some time, and she had to deal with it at moments. So, for y'all to explain and try to tell her what she went through, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Read the book. Talk about stuff they don't know about. Read the book. Read her book. I'm a, I'm thinking about just ordering the book and reading it because. I'm telling y'all, I read books, but I be working so much, and I'm in school. Oh, my Jesus. But if y'all want to see her sister's TikTok, I will post a vi- the video of that because I love it. Um, I know our Instagram will be in the show notes. Our Tumblr will be in the show notes. Our Twitter will be Wait, in the show notes. I want to vent real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to let you get into that. I'm just telling them this so I can end a little story, then we vent. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but all this stuff is going to be in the show notes from the foundation and on um, website and all that in our instagram i said our instagram already but who cares just 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 go look in the show notes for everything guys and oh now God. it is time for Athena's ventation Ooh, you guys 
So I am in the process of writing a paranormal episode for you guys, but that's not going to be until February. But um, I started it and, you know, I'm clickety clacking. I'm lazy, okay? I just want to preface that. I'm lazy and I procrastinate, okay? So I'm clicking clacking, doing all my research. I had a lot of stuff like written down, done and everything. And I'm doing it on my laptop. So this is, this is, it was like two hours. I think it took me like two hours. So my boyfriend goes, hey, you know, how, how's it looking? I, I went to maximize the tab and why did it delete? Everything I had. Fucking gone. I cried. I cried. I'm not Man, because I cried. If people realize how much it takes to type a fucking script. Oh my God. Oh my like, I don't even type guys. I write and when I say it, it that shit takes me some hours. <laughs> I don't want to write because for one, I don't like my handwriting and sometimes I can't I even read my own handwriting. And that's my problem, guys. I promise you, I'm gonna start typing more so I can stop fucking fumbling on words. But hey, sometimes I do get word twisters and it's just me. I'm so, just kind of illiterate, so <laughs> I'm kind of slow. My daddy dropped me on my head a little bit when I was a kid. We oh, had my it. cousin stepped on mine. Oh, fucked up head twins. <laughs> Hopefully we're not going through any serious head injuries. Yeah. <laughs> but in February, since it is coming up, we do plan on doing like a special for Valentine's Day because who... I got a good murder for y'all. And I'm not saying like a good murder, but it's like, I know y'all like mob stories because I love mob stories. And who the fuck don't like mob stories? Right. And if you know which one I'm talking about, stop. Don't you ruin it for everybody else. I think it's going to be so fine. Oh, but <laughs> next week, next week we're going to go back to cases of murder. And I'm going to just give y'all a head start. I don't want y'all looking at the case, so I'm going to give y'all a, a hint. It was inspired from a scary movie. Mm. And I won't tell you which scary movie it is. So, that being said, I was coming. Away. I think I know what you're talking about. I is Brina. <laughs> this has been Thrills, Cues, Chills, Bye. Bye.